On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to friends of the Palaver from Total Mass Retain, John Ritwager and Terry Day. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this special episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friend as we welcome friends of the Palaver, John Ritwager and Terry Day of Total Mass Retain. Hey there, how you guys doing? Hey, Terry, what's up? John? Hey, how's it going, guys? A spectacular. So, um, a lot of this really stems from the Philly show that you guys performed in January, where um, I was able to show up um, with Paul. And, you know, we here at the Palaver, at least in terms of, of recent... Um, releases have been sort of off on a little prog metal side tangent doing Queensryche and stuff. And it was really, I mean, it was, it's always great to see you guys, but it, it really sort of brought my brain back into the, into the yes mindset. And so we've actually done a couple of sort of bonus episodes around that topic. And, you know, before that show, we had the other three members of, of Total Mass Retain on, which we like to joke amongst ourselves. And I, based on conversations in in January, you guys probably feel the same way. The the more loquacious side of TMR, and so um, I I actually had a conversation a comment with each of you in January after the show that it'd be great to have you two guys on so that we could actually you know get a chance to to uh, you know, speak a little bit. And so that's what we're doing, which is fantastic. And as it turned out since then, very recently, this is being recorded in mid-March, um, you guys did the the special Chris Squire tribute show at Daryl's house. And so we've got a couple of different shows, vastly different set lists to discuss. And it's just always fun to, you know, get to spend some time visiting with you guys. So very much appreciate having you you two on. Thanks. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, great. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hijack the beginning here. Uh, it's, it, it, it's great to talk to you guys. I, I, I got to tell you, I feel guilty for not going to the Philly show, but I was working in my defense. But I, I was I was just trying to figure out, you know, if this was a friendly competition between me and Joe, how long is it going to take him to catch up to me? Because I think it's going to be a while here. I think it. I think it will be a while. Yes. <laughs> if we if we had Joey here, he'd know the dates of all these gigs, like he was being deposed in a lawsuit. But we'll jo- we'll just we'll jo- just. <laughs> Joey knows the dates to 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 absolutely anything to do with yes. It's he's yeah. a, he's an actually all all three of those guys don't shut up. I mean, you had them on before. They just go on and they on. I mean, they you know, and all three of them are so prolific. You know, they, 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 I mean, Johnny. Johnny Brews actually played with Yes, you know, and Joey and Joel are embedded in, in, in you know, in the um, the members themselves and have relationships. So, um, yeah, yeah. When, when when you get them started on all things Yes, man, it's just John and I really, you know, it's not that we don't have anything to say; it's just we just can't get a word in edgewise. So uh, yeah, we'll yeah. I, 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 
I thought I knew a lot about Yes until I met Joe and Joel, and I'm like, okay, now I'm now I'm like a minor fanboy compared to these guys because they they know everything. I'm like, okay, that's great because then they know about the music too. So they are loquacious, but they do know a lot of you know cool stuff. Um, a lot of great experience with you know current and former members of Yes. So you know they're always good for good stories, and you know they know the detail, and I think that's a plus for our group of individuals because everybody yeah. has a niche and they do know different recordings and different, you know, inflections and different <laughs> keyboard breath. You know, they know everything. It's just great. It's like having a built in uh, encyclopedia. They, they go, you know, Terry, we want you to do it the way John did it back in 77 after the grand rip, you know, the, the <laughs> grand rapids concert. You know that one, right? I'm like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> hey. I, I was going to ask that question. I was going to ask how much uh, studio versus live do you digest before you go to rehearsal? Uh, John, you want to answer that first? Go ahead. Well, coming from my angle, I mean, um, you all, obviously with the studio, you know, especially with keyboards, guitar, and even vocals too, um, there's a lot of overdubbing, and I'm not sure that they're using that as actually a crutch, but, you know, a studio is a tool, and so you can layer parts. Steve can layer a bunch of guitar parts, same as Wakeman, and, you know, um, Anderson doubles up his vocals and stuff like that. But um, if you really want to know how they perform the song, the live versions are the way to go. You know, you start with the S songs. I really love the 70s progeny recordings. Uh, right. some, of those, some of those recordings are featured on Yes songs. I like them better because they're not cut, and they also are mixed in a way that I actually can hear a lot of Rick Wakeman's keyboards where you can't hear them in the Yes songs versions. Um, I'll also go to YouTube, you know, to see what the current lineup is doing um, to get an idea of how they handle multi keyboard parts, or you know. For Joe, Terry, and Joel, how they handle the backing vocals, you know. Um, so if you're really in a bind and you're like, geez, how the heck is he doing this? You go look for a live version on YouTube or a live yep. recording somewhere and, and kind of figure it out from there. Yeah, there's there's been, you know, when I'm learning the, the vocal end of it, there's been adaptations um, they make between the studio and, and playing it out live. So... Usually I'll be guided gently. Terry, go listen to this. So they send me videos and say, listen to that. And, um, and I do. And, and I hear what I'm supposed to hear. And, uh, and, and quite honestly, there were, um, there were some songs we recently did um, where they, it was a live, you know, live recording. I said, this is really where you want to learn it from. Because we make, you know, they asked Johnny to play an intro, which was only done live. And that's. You know, that's the, the beautiful thing about playing with guys who love yes to that degree is they really know how to approach it in a, in a way that might move the audience, you know. And, and it's it's beyond my pay grade. I mean, I do my best to, to sing um, in the manner that, you know, that John sang. But those are the guys that they're really entrenched in, in, in yes knowledge and yes lore, yes fandom. And, and that's where I get my guidance from. All right. Well, I'm on this quest here. As for me, seeing you guys live, it all started with the S50 Fan Fest. And Joe, you were there. I think I saw two Brewskis shows up in the Bronx area. Uh, what was the showcase in Manhattan that I went to? What was that rehearsal studio called? Um, Do you remember? Sire Records. 
Yeah, SIR Studios. Slamming production you guys had for that one. Yep. And then um, at the Kennet Flash, Joe, you came up for that one. Yep. And and, and, and then there was the Kennet Flash Outdoor Show. Joe, you came Mm -hmm. up for that one. Also correct. Okay. All right. That 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 was what we call the COVID area, mm-hmm. and then um, I think my last show was Pittman, New Jersey, at the Theater of Pittman. That was that was a fantastic room, wasn't it? It was awesome. Ooh, that was great. Yeah. What's your total there, Ken? My my total was um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that I can remember. All right, so I think I've got four. Nice. So that's not that's not too bad for living fifteen hundred miles away. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Yeah, good. that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's wow. Pretty so, good. so you were at uh, the two Kennet flashes and uh, the yes, right, right, the yes fifty, and then the iridium. Oh, oh I forgot iridium. to count the iridium. So yeah. I have eight. You've got eight. Oh, so you you double me up, Ken. Fantastic. <clears throat> All right. All right. See, no one's catching up to me. I can. Mm. I can. I, I, I can take it a night off if I have to. I think I was at some of those shows too. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been at more shows than Johnny. Let's put it that way. Okay. That's the truth. Probably true. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, I hijacked the beginning of your episode, Joe, but I know, I know you have an agenda. No, 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 not at all. This is, this is a friendly conversation amongst friends. We can we can go anywhere we we want to go. Mm-hmm. I do want to sort of compare and contrast what really sort of prompted me to to reach out to you guys and and to hatch this particular episode was was when I saw the set list for Daryl's house, which I was just like, you know, I, I still I, I'm not sure that I can properly you know mentally process. Um, the fact that you guys put that particular set together, it was it was mind blowing and obviously a very far departure from what I saw in Philly in January. So, I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to start there. Um, you know, the 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 set list at Daryl's house, at least as Joey um, communicated it or whoever runs the TMR Facebook. We did the fire. We always open up with, you know, Firebird Suite. Firebird Suite, or sometimes yeah. we do close encounters. Um, but le- last couple of times, it's been the Firebird Suite. And then we went into the Heart of the Sunrise. Okay, yeah. So, so the Heart of the Sunrise, all good people, um, mm-hmm. breaking down walls from Sin Destructible into Open Your Eyes. And then um, Chris Squire Medley. I have it. Aliens. We did Hold Out Your Hand. And then Can You Imagine as a, as a medley of three songs. <sighs> wow. And that's and that's the that's the thing that I guess Terry and I were alluding before. I mean, you know, Joe and Joel, you know, for the most part, Johnny's new on board, but they, you know, Joe has some great ideas, and he really knows how to reach out to the Yes fans and kind of for each show we have some kind of really cool theme, you know, um, whether like the Iridium was a tribute to Alan White or the Close to the Edge thing. Um, you know, this past gig at Daryl's house was a tribute to Chris Squire and, you know, the people at the place were just loving it. You know, I mean, it's just like, we got so many compliments. And I, I think I heard Terry say that everybody's saying like, this is the best show you guys ever did. I mean, we get guys like Mike Yes fan and people have seen us every time and they come up to you and say that, then, you know, you, 
you kind of hit a good note, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's awesome for a very different set. So, I mean, John, you, you said that, you know, you guys generally have, you know, a theme for a show or things like that. Did this show feel different because it was commemorating Chris Squire on his birthday? Did the audience react differently or, or was it simply because the music was so different? Like how it definitely affected me. And I think it, you know, based on the audience response, it affected them. Um, like I said, Joe came up with a clever, Joe and Joel came up with a clever idea because every one of the songs has a little Chris, criticism in it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like we opened up a heart of the sunrise. I mean, when you think of that baseline, I mean, it's like Chris right in your face right away, you know? So then, then we kind of pull it back with a little bit, like bring the crowd in with all good people, you know? Right. And he had a big part in the writing of that, you know, too. And then we started the um, tribute to him, um, you know, and Joey, you know, puts his two cents and knows a lot about it, has some personal, you know, anecdotes meeting Chris and talking with Chris. So we end up doing Breaking Down Walls. And these guys did a great job, acapella, you know, doing that, performing that little you know, minute and a half segment of uh, Breaking Down Walls. And then we jumped into Open Your Eyes, which is kind of a Billy Sherwood, Chris Squire thing back in the 90s. Um, so that kind of, you know, pulled that in. And then we did the Aliens um, that he wrote with Steve Hackett on their album Squack It. But mm -hmm. we didn't do it like the studio album. We did it like a live, and this is what Ken was talking about, like live versions. We did a version uh, with Benoit was in the band and Oliver Wakeman was playing keyboards and Oliver was just playing this, this acoustic piano. So we did that rendition. It was really beautiful. Um, and then we went into Hold Out Your Hand. And that's a monster piece. You know, we tried to do that. We played it at Prague on the Ranch uh, a couple of years ago. And it's tough because it's just me, Joel and Joe. And I was covering all the parts and it's just incredible. But Johnny jumped on board and was like, oh, got to have someone here to help me out with this tune. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we, we did a little bit of that. Um, and then we segued right into Can You Imagine, which is from Magnification. And that features Chris's vocal. Oh, yeah. As well as his writing. You could definitely, I mean, you hear a Yes song and you can tell when it's a Squire song, you know. So Can You Imagine epitomizes that. So that was our little, um, you know, Chris Squire segment. And then we went into... Some other cool things. I mean, I, we can go down the list if you'd like. We had five percent for nothing, um, long distance run around, and then the fish. So Joel did this amazing thing that he always does with the fish, extending it. We did quotes from "Doesn't really happen." He did "Amazing Grace" with the distortion and the foot pedals. Right. You know, it was really awesome. Um, and then Joe cleverly came up with the idea of having Johnny do a an acoustic. Steve Howe kind of thing, and that came out really great. He brought out his his, his uh, nylon string guitar, and you know everybody left the stage. And Joe said, "This is great because now everybody can get, we can go back and get drinks, we can take a pee break." You know, it was perfectly timed, so everybody left the stage. And Johnny did his thing, and then he segued his little acoustic thing into the beginning of Onward, the way they do it in the live version, with a little acoustic guitar, nylon string guitar, and, and then we all came back on stage. And perform. Oh wow! And that was with off. with red solo cups, by the way, because that's yes. how Chris Squire used to re-enter with <laughs> his drinks and his red solo cups. 
So uh, we did Onward, and I love that song. It's they did great, you know, vocally. They uh, Terry and Joe did an awesome job on it. Um, it was just beautiful. First time we performed it, we did Going for the One, um, and you and I, and then we did some easy songs like Awaken. <laughs> some easy songs. <laughs> Make it easy, owner of a lonely heart, because that was like a Chris thing in the in the eighties, you know, at nine hundred one two five, and of course, roundabout his signature bass uh, riff, and then you know, Starship Trooper that wrapped up our evening at Daryl's house. Wow, a lot of good stuff there, huh? Yeah, I mean that's 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 absolutely an an incredible set. One of the things that melted my brain when I saw that set was when I saw Can You Imagine. I remember when we covered magnification here on the Palaver, um, there, there was, you know, it, it's probably not nearly as dramatic in, in a, if I were to listen to it today, but my memory of discussing that song was exceptionally powerful. Um, and so it just, it was really cool to see that. And I mean, you know, the way that it sounds like you guys were able to pay tribute to Chris and, you know, provide yes music fans exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Exceptionally well done. Thank you. All, all Terry's ideas. It's all my idea. I'm actually the <laughs> I'm actually the the uh, the guy coming up with all this, but um, you know, I like to give Joe some credit. Terry, Terry is the power behind the throne. You heard it here on Progressive Palaver first. Uh, I love it. Out. I second that. <laughs> Now, I mean, obviously, there's some overlap because, you know, just from a, a logistics point of view as a band, right, you can't do an entirely new set every time. So, you know, obviously, you know, I saw Awaken uh, rolling in some of these other ones. And just because they're not 15-minute songs doesn't make them easy. So, and again, with you, with you guys as a band being, you know, on both coasts at this point, you know, are you settling into that sort of um, cadence, if you will? Is it is it getting easier to integrate Johnny? Um, how's that working? You know, um, jo Joey's really gentle with me, and, and I mean that honestly. So, you know, every musician is quirk. We all have our quirks. We all have our, our you know, things about us, and, and mine is – Give me the next project, but don't don't give me ten projects. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I'm, just, you know, I'm so so. Joe, <laughs> Joe spoon feeds me. He's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do next. You know, and and um and he's really good. He's really patient with me. The whole band's patient with me. Um, you know, like John kind of said in the beginning, I would tell you, oh yeah, I'm a yes fan until I joined this band, and I'm like, oh my god, like I I know nothing. You know, when I <laughs> I mean I knew. I knew Fragile, I knew 90125, I knew some of the classics, and that was it. I didn't know any of the epics, and it's been a real journey for me to, to become part of this yes world. It's, it's a pretty intense place to, to be, not only with the level of musicianship. Like, you know, you got these guys flying in from, from L.A., you've got guys coming from Boston, you've got the caliber of Joe and John. And I'm like, you know, you guys want me to sing for you. Right. So, but, um, it's been a learning experience for me to, to embrace. Yes. And what it means to perform in the yes world, because yes, fans, they know their stuff. You know, you, there's no, there's no schmooze and lie and pretending, you know, you, you've got to step up to the plate and perform, you know, um, you've got How about 
How about Awaken? Um, I, I I can't resist. Joe just made us do. Made us uh, do. A, 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 and and I went in willingly. We, we, we did a showdown of different versions of Awaken. It's not it's not public yet on the on the Palaver, but um, uh, we 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 listened to I think it was five or six versions. Uh, Terry, do you do you recall which which version of it was that got you into Awaken? I, th- I think uh, John, do you remember which version they had? We we learned off of. I guess it was the um... going well, pretty much. The stu- you're t- uh, talking about live studio, versions yeah. of Yes performing, uh, Ken. Are you talking about the studio version versus? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, am- I imagine for something like Awaken, the studio version. Um, we always we always sink our teeth into the studio version as a, as a starting point. But again, that's one of those songs where you know there's layered keyboards and different ways of performing it. Uh, that band themselves figured out would be easier to handle on stage. So we kind of, you know, each of us pick our own little tidbits that kind of help us, you know, get through the song, so to speak, Um, different things that we're listening for. And just to kind of go back on what Joe was saying about getting comfortable, um, you know, and Terry said it too, is if you don't know the music, you got to come to rehearsal prepared. I mean, this is not easy stuff and everybody does. And, the first couple of times with Johnny was was different because he's coming from L.A. We have one rehearsal. I think our first time with him was Kenneth Flash. Right. We kind of stayed with, I guess you would consider easier material. You know, and I was a little nervous. I mean, I guess we we're all a little nervous because I'm like, you know, I, I, I mean, to this day, it doesn't matter. I guess it's just the way a performer is. You get a couple of butterflies in your stomach. It's just the way it is. Every gig. And then once you get on stage and you're starting to crank it out, it's like you're in another planet. But, you know, I was nervous when Johnny came down because, oh, hey, I play with Chris Squire. He plays just like Steve Howe. You know, he's going to be intimidating. Not the case at all. I mean, he respects us. We respect him. You know, the feeling is mutual, you know, and we cover the parts. And he has nothing but great things to say about each of us individually, musicianship-wise and and vice versa. Um but yeah, going back to what you said, can I say we start off with, um, you know, the, the studio version. Um, and I know Terry's got lots of words to learn. And the last thing we want to do is start throwing, <laughs> well, let's listen to Songus or, you know, the Keys to Ascension or <laughs> Yes Show's version, you know, because then it, then at sometimes it gets a little bit overwhelming, you know. And, and so, and Joe and Joel are sometimes guilty of, taking it way over these over the side <laughs> right, right 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 um, oh yeah they, they, they'll stop me mid-song and say no 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 you're you're, you're saying it wrong he says it did not the da. I'm like, all right make a mental note yeah okay it's not dot 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 it's did, right it's did, d dot do if you say d dot do people won't like you okay d dot d got it okay <laughs> With, you know for me uh and i and i'm just very honest about this stuff um a lot of this the the yes epics are new for me a long time yes fan but not deep into the catalog so i'll be honest with you when I, we so we've been playing awaken for i don't know six months a year i don't know the, i heard it for the first time at my, you know this late time in my life and i I was awestruck when I heard it. I said, my God, this is beautiful. I mean, this is beautiful. So for me, yeah. there's an there's an excitement. There's a newness to it, which I think translates or I hope translates into performance because it's not like, <clears throat> you know, coming up to musicians and say, play Brown Eyed Girl, you know, or, you yeah. know, um, uh, Mustang <laughs> Sally, you know, and the musician like, rolls his eyes. And um, this is exciting stuff. 
and this is my first time around with it, and and it's exciting for me to be part of it. When I listen to the intro and outro of Awaken in that angelic voice, and I'm like, can I sing this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can sing this. And I'm like, guys, guys, I can hit those notes, right? You know, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. It's like, guys, let's do Awaken. You know what I mean? It's exciting for me. And, and they're like, all right, let's go. You know. Well, I mean, Terry, you're not alone. Um, Joe scared me with with a couple of shows. Did, we, 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 we went to Yes in Nashville in an outdoor theater once with the Trevor Raven lineup. That was on that the was talk a, tour. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bit of a weird show. It didn't exactly make me a, a lifelong fan at that point. And, and, and what, it, what it took me to uh, Anderson, Bruford, Wakeman and Howe, which I was a little confused over some of that, too. So um, so I, I, I had a long break from yes, you know, maybe 15 years or whatever it was. So, so Terry, I, I relate to that feeling of, of walking into something late in life. Being yeah. Like awaken. Wh where were you? <laughs> where were you when I needed you? I, I'm just amazed. I'm listening to this music and I'm amazed. That, and, and, um, you know, you spoke about the dynamic of having your, your guitar player living at, living in Los Angeles. And that's changed a lot too, because we, you know, I learned awaken without guitar. You know what I mean? So it's you yeah. just were it's the three of us uh, in in the in the studio practice studio playing this music, and, and sometimes John's able to cover parts, guitar parts, with his keys to help guide. But um, so for me as a singer, I mean, guitar is so integral in your timing, and your you know your ones and your threes, and your, you know your yeah. And when it's not there, you I find myself relearning the song differently learning the song differently off the bass off the key off the, you know what i mean and yeah and uh I, I, you know I, it's probably a little more difficult learning it that way but i think it's it's also a deeper learn i don't know if that makes sense because when you finally bring the guitar into it it's there you know what i mean it's there it's um <clears throat> close to the edge is the same way a lot of my the, my timing is is off guitar so you know without that guitar it takes a little bit of um a little bit of effort to, to learn some of the music. Yeah, I relate to that too, because like Terry says, you, you're rehearsing without a, and it's not every instrument is a vital part of pretty much everything they do, especially a song like Awaken, Gates of Delirium, the list just goes on. So I know Johnny's not going to be around, so I'm not only learning the keyboard parts, but I really have to learn the guitar part. And if I'm not playing the guitar part, I have to learn it in my head. So I have to think of the guitar part because I need to know where I am in that piece of music so when i mentioned hold out your hand like you know chris squire used an orchestra he had like two keyboardists you know you know he had all these musicians behind him so when johnny finally came in and started playing this even the basic part simple part i'm like oh god i can't this is great <laughs> i can i can breathe normal you know i can get through the song and so it, it gives me confidence and then once you have that extra player in you know it's a relief but then it's like, okay, now I can really enjoy playing this because now someone is here, you know, doing their job playing the guitar and giving me the cues I need to know and stuff I need to fall back on. So it has a, it has its advantages of not having him there because it really makes you rehearse and really know the music from a different perspective. Exactly. You have a stealth guitarist in the band now, I hear. We do. Um, Kyle? Kyle? Yeah. Right there. All right. All right, hey, Kyle. <laughs> He's a boy. Oh, my God. I want to hear about th this journey from, from being videographer to being in the band. Well, I could tell you about it, but he could probably speak for himself, you know, as far as all that stuff. How's it's, it feel it, to get up on stage? Um, it's nerve-wracking at first, 
But um, I mean, I think the first quarter uh, that kind of all goes away, and it's just really fun jamming with them. How many how many tracks is it now that you're playing? You're playing mem uh, acoustic guitar, right? Yeah. So last uh, Philly uh, City Winery at Philly was uh, Starship Trooper and Gaze Delirium. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. What happened was, you know, when we think of some of these songs, you know, like Gates of Delirium is always pushed to the back burner because you have the acoustic guitar at the end, you know, and we never figured out a way to do it. Um, and so we, you know, we got Kyle brought in. So Kyle's playing the acoustic guitar. Well, it turned out to be not only the acoustic guitar part, but he's playing rhythm guitar pretty much from the get go. Right. You know? And he's got Johnny's stamp of approval because Johnny would be the first person to say, well, you know, that's not, that's not right, you know, and he would say, <laughs> but, you know, we're all professionals, but, you know, and it's pretty amazing because like, you know, Kyle's playing and he's a bass player and I know he knows his material inside and out. And uh, I was pretty blown away when him and Joel were in the battle section playing that, you know, 11-8 line, do, 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 and they're both jamming like i'm like okay i'm not gonna play here because these guys have it <laughs> they're playing and you know it's awesome and uh, you know and then then next thing i know he's playing at starship trooper because you got the acoustic guitar again and then steve how comes in with the electric so you know but he's great he's always um not only musician wise but he's always helping everybody like when we have rehearsal he sets up johnny's gear he johnny like on stage he knows what guitar to give johnny helps Joe, helps Joe program his drum module, helps Joel, helps Terry, helps me. I mean, does everything. He's like the fifth Beatle, you know? Um, nice. Regards and he does that. our online stuff, too. And his media, like, you know, I mean, he's our media specialist. Most of the posts that you see are coming from him or either or Joe. Um, <clears throat> so he's doing all that stuff. He's behind Facebook, Instagram, you know. I, I stay clear of that, maybe because of my age and stuff like that. But I've learned I, I, working... I've learned we're like working with him or my wife who runs our band. I just take a back seat. If someone's doing a good job as a Joe or Joel or whoever, Johnny, I'm like, okay, you guys, you only need one bus driver. Sometimes you have too many people doing the same thing. It just, we get in each other's way. So I just kind of like, okay, you guys are doing a great job. Just, just keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So, awesome. so as John, as, as, as a father, right? Like, you know, he, uh, you mentioned, you know, Kyle, you've always been sort of on the scene, at least as far as I've known, um, doing whatever it was. You seem to really just enjoy the atmosphere. But, John, from your perspective as a father, then, how how fantastic is that to see him sort of, you know, develop into uh, an onstage role? I mean, because that's not anything anyone planned, right? It just sort of happened. Yeah, it's, uh, I can't really take credit. The only credit I can take, and my wife, is we expose in the music because we're both musicians. Um, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of pop music. I mean, I played in my other band as Terry probably does with his other projects, but you know, he's hung he's really into, I mean, he'll tell you he's into progressive rock. I mean, he's into everything. I heard him listening to, um, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, I took him to see Greta Van Fleet, you know, he gets wowed by all my ticket stubs. I've seen Zeppelin, Tall, you know, ELP, yes, back in the day kansas and 70s and stuff like that but i didn't really teach him anything musically i mean he pretty much is self-taught and he plays bass he plays drums he plays keyboard i'm sure he can sing even though he's shy and he knows how to record i mean he's just so I'm out of the job it's pretty cool <laughs> you know, I mean, like, the relationship i have with my father he's more of a mechanic 
So music, him and I were like total opposites, you know, but him, you know, and I didn't plan it this way. It just happened. He just, all of a sudden he's into this music. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. You know, yeah. and that, he's on, we're taking him down to Prague on the ranch and he's playing uh, a rush tune with the bass guitar Sub subdivisions baby that was great the subdivisions with the bass guitar and keyboard and he hooked it up with main stage i'm like how did you do that and then the next time he's on stage with us you know and it's like i'm thinking wow man it's gotta be cool for a 16 year old to be on stage with you know professional mm -hmm. musicians playing this kind of music you know geez we were i never had that kind of experience when i was a kid you know that's awesome so so kyle just uh quickly you're your preference, your identification is as a bass player mainly. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I started with piano first when I was really young. I just, I guess because of my younger age, didn't really latch on to it. But um, I picked up the bass when I was a little older, and that's kind of, that's at least when I write music, I play on the bass and then switch over to acoustic or something like that. But yeah, mainly bass. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. Congratulations. So, so, Terry, he may take your job and Joel's job at the same time. I mean, who knows? I haven't heard him. I haven't heard him sing yet, but I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only Listen, problem it's, is it's, Joel. It's, it's, it's an unusual voice to have if you're singing John Anderson. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he has it, but you never know. <laughs> oh, okay, Kyle, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Um, there it is. We've got to sort this out. He can't play Joel's bass because Joel's uh, left-handed. Yeah, left hand, whatever you want to call it. So they just sit there, you know? I mean, like, it'd be perfect, but Joel, you know, he plays the other way around. Uh, Terry, you, you do get yeah. vo vocal breaks now and then. Joey will occasionally sing lead, right? Joey surprised me, man. The first time I heard him sing, he's like, all right, I'm going to sing, uh, what was his first song? Changes or something like that? I'm like, Probably, yeah. Another drummer thinks he can sing. All right, here we go. Oh, um, damn. <laughs> yeah. We did uh, and, uh, and he started singing. I'm like, damn, he could sing. Like, I was surprised. And um, he does a really good job. Jo Joey's voice and mine are actually pretty close match. And not that we're the same range, but we have the kind of the same texture. So when he's speaking uh, or when he's singing with me, um, I always like the way it blends. There are some people I just don't blend with, so even if they're in the right harmony. And, and Joey and I have a kind of a nice vocal match. And he, he sings really well. Yep. He sings really well. And he steps up. He's like, all right, I'm sick, and I was throwing up yesterday, but let's do it. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. Stay over there, and let's do it. <laughs> now, Joel, to his credit, he seems to just weave in and out of whoever he's with. Joel, um, Joel, Joel is a musical lexicon. He amazes me. We'll ask him about the harmonies, you know, the intricacies. I mean, and he just knows. He just, he's one of those people that just knows. And he'll tell you exactly, here's what you should be singing. At any point, you can stop in mid, mid beat anywhere. And he'll tell yep. you exactly where everyone's voice should be. They say Chris Guire was that guy. So, you know. Yeah. Could be. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chris had that choir background when he was a kid. So he, his bass lines were so, you know, classical, Baroque, you know, it's just the way he writes and the way he uses his voice. I mean, that's part of his whole package is not only was he technically gifted, but the way the notes that he chose to support what was happening on top of all the stuff, you know, the guitar, the keyboards and the vocalist, and then he throws his voice in on top of that, you know, like Terry was mentioned before with Joe, Joe Cass and him, like onward, the blend. I mean, when those guys sang it together, it was just like gave me chills, you know, it sounded perfect. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. great because their voices are similar 
as John's and Chris's are similar because if you have a voice that doesn't, you get, it sounds quirky, it doesn't sound right. You need to have that certain uh, niche and those guys definitely have it, you know? Sweet. Absolutely. Yeah, Joey's a good singer. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his good days here and there. <laughs> <clears throat> the one thing I'm going to say about Joe is he's also, besides being an amazing musician, is he's the consummate politician. So he handles really the, the primary business of the band and he makes those connections and spends endless hours, you know, and he's a busy guy with a busy job, but a fiance and he, he's speaking to the club owners and, and when there's band problems, man, he's the first one saying, you know, the, let's be constructive. How do we work through this? How do we work past this? In my opinion, that's the guy. That's the guy that makes this whole thing turn, and the rest of us are proud members of that. But you know, that's Joey's baby, at least in my opinion. He just—he's the heartbeat of this of this project. Mm -hmm. Understood. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and Joe certainly spends. I mean, it, it, not like any of you guys are just kind of sitting on your laurels when you're not doing TMR. I mean, you know, there's side projects and day jobs galore. So the fact that you're able to. Um, I should say execute this as well as you do, I think is gives you guys the credit that, uh, that you deserve. It, it's quite remarkable. And, and, you know, that's why, that's why I travel 1500 miles at, at a shot to, uh, to see these shows because you really do, you know, you're able to, to create an experience that, you know, not a lot of people can provide. And that's, it's really, it's, it's noteworthy. Well, I appreciate that. We we do uh, we don't get a lot of rehearsals in, um, you know, and um, we make the most of each one. And and I think John said before, you know, you, there's a there's a expectation that everyone's really going to come to the rehearsal. I mean, Joel drives down from Boston. That's not an easy ride. Right. Um, you you got to know your stuff. You got to be good. You got you you know you need to present. Uh, you don't want to waste people's time. You know, so if there's a show coming up, we're doing four or five rehearsals and then one with Johnny, you know, he flies in and we do one with the Boom. guitar player and then the show happens, man. And, and um, uh, it's, you know, it's been a, it's a privilege working with, with uh, musicians at, at this caliber. I had to up my game. I, I tell my wife, man, I said, TMR made me up my game. You know, I suddenly, I was on board and I'm like, okay, this is, this is how it's got to be done. You know, Terry, I got something for you that came up when I was uh, looking at your Facebook. Um, yeah. You sing with a, a wedding band uh -huh. that, that does very well, but, yeah. but, but this is the part that pushed my buttons. Um, if you're going to a wedding and you're playing separate ways, isn't that marriage <laughs> kind of on the rocks? Isn't there something <laughs> wrong there? <laughs> so, yeah, there's this great, there's this great, uh, this great, well, there's, I'm a rock singer originally. You know, I'm a I'm a guy. I mean, I grew up on on prog, but I also I'm a big Zeppelin fan, and uh, I enjoy singing that and singing Rush and singing all that stuff. And I had a guy. I have a bar band, and he came out and saw the band, and he's like, he needs, you know, the the guy runs uh, for weddings and events, and it's not just one singer; it's six, seven singers, and everyone kind of has their thing. And I do the rock thing, so he hired me. And it again, it's another uh, great situation for me. Um, and the separate ways we've actually never played at a wedding. So it's funny you bring that up, um, but he used it as a promo because everyone 
seems to know it. And and it was one of those uh, things where he's like, look, I got you here. I want you to do, you know, a verse, chorus, and out of separate ways. We did it twice. And, you know, they polish it up. And there you go. Sweet. That That's yeah. a killer video. Just just n not 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 only did you nail your part and the audio yeah. is good, but they yeah. nailed the, the, the videography as well. Yeah, they're they're a great outfit. The, can I say the name? They're they're the rhythm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the the rhythm shop is you know they're they're just a great bunch of players. It's again, it was a, a way for me to expand what I was doing. It's um, certainly it's a profitable, uh, well compensated, and uh, it's it's kind of another thing that I like to do um, when I'm not you know because we're not doing shows every night with TMR so if I have some downtime I like I like to rock it out with my bar band we're doing a show tomorrow night St. Patty's Day and um, that's all that crazy hard rock stuff and then, and then TMR you know TMR's um, we love playing and and shows take a little bit of time to coordinate to to bring Johnny in to to kind of get everything ready so they're uh -huh. not as frequent maybe one day they'll be a little more frequent but we're 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 working on that on the flip side of that, John, what is what is your popular act? My side thing? Yeah. My wife and I own a um, wedding corporate private event band, 12-piece band called Platinum Band Music. And, um, you know, I do what Terry's talking about, except I play keyboard. She's the MC. She sings lead vocals, you know, female stuff. And then we have a male singer, you know, a bunch of singers, and they all have their niche. And, you know, you think wedding band, everybody thinks, oh, cheese ball. But these guys, and I'm sure Terry with his band, as I talked to him about it, these are great musicians, and we play some cool stuff. I mean, of course, we got to do the the lame songs that you have to do, but these guys are my best friends. I've known them for, like, over 20 years. Um, my son's even played a couple gigs when we needed them. Yeah. And it's it's fun, and, you know, it's lucrative. There's no question about it. But, you know, when it comes to doing a platinum gig or a TMR, it's like I'll jump on a TMR gig with in a heartbeat even if i'm you know let's say if i we lose money it's just i don't know it's i don't want to sound cliche but the music is so strong that you know the choice is is easily made you know right Some, somebody a friend of mine he's like you know i was at I, he went to see a queen tribute band i won't say the name of them i'm sure they're excellent but um and he's also seen tmr and after that show he reached out to me he says you know they sounded good, but you could tell there were parts the guitar player wasn't playing. That they had some tracks going in the back, and you know the 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 singer he sounded great, but you know th there was a lot of support for the music and the musicians, if you know what I mean. Yep. And um, he said, when I see Total Mass Retain play, you guys are playing the music. Like this, we're not, you know. Um, when I when I sing the songs, you know, there's there's nothing on my voice it's it's me singing i'm the one hitting those notes i'm not um using any sort of assist or anything like that and, and i'm proud of that i'm proud of putting the time in to learn this music to sing this music you know we we recently did uh, they put going for the um uh, going for the one uh on my plate and, I, and they said yeah but you know this is higher than normal I'm like what do you mean i mean i'm singing john already what's the difference and i'm like oh okay so I'm rehearsing this in my truck. I learned my music in my truck, right? I'm driving to work 30 minutes coming on there. I'm singing. I'm like, yeah, I can hit this. I think I can hit this, you know? And, and um, But when you get it 
when you're in front of a microphone and, and you let it out and, and, and that's when you know, you know, that's when you know when there's other guys in the room and, and you're hitting those notes and you're able to do it repeatedly, not just once. Um, I've seen other versions of it done. You know, some guys do it a half step down. Some guys do it a full step down. And of course, my band are like, no, we are doing it in key and we do it in key. You know? And uh, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of these guys. Um, they, they, they step up, they make me step up, you know, uh, which helps me to grow as a vocalist. The, the last time we had um, Joey, Joel, and Johnny on, there may have been some comment about your thoughts on the number of lyrics in Going for the One. Terry, would you like to comment in uh, rebuttal? <laughs> Like, you have any fucking lyrics? <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest with you. The, the one that took me the longest to learn was close, close to the edge, you know? Um, but yeah, going for the one, Joe's like, well, he's trying to describe the song for me. It's a well-known song, and there's just a lot of words. I'm like, and it's really high. I'm like, all right. You know, so, you know, it goes, it, uh, I, I start, you know, for me, learning music is just, re it's repetition, it's repetition, and it's repetition, and it's repetition, and it becomes muscle memory. And because I don't use an iPad, you know, I've seen, I've seen people putting on shows, and I see video of it, and they're, they're there with their iPad in front of an audience, singing into the microphone like it's a radio show, you know, and, and that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to know the music. I wanted to know the lyrics. I wanted to sing, you know, sing the actual chords, and I wanted to present it to the audience in a way that they could feel the energy. Yeah. You know, so for me, this was not just about replicating John's voice. For me, this was presenting it, you know, to um, to sing it to the people, to to put pour my heart. You know, I didn't want it to be an antiseptic reproduction of a yes song. I wanted the emotion there. And that's what I try to do. And I think that comes across. So, so John, do you have any sort of similar um, tales about your sort of journey from initial song idea pitched to the group to getting it on stage? Like what, what process do you normally go through? Well, like I alluded to before, before Johnny came and we have two very vocal um, people in the band and they have great ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was in I was in a Yes tribute band. You know, it's weird how people interconnect because I was in a, a tribute band called Yesterday's back in the '90s. And before I got there, they had mentioned a singer they auditioned, which happened to be Terry. Or he came down, and for some reason it didn't work out. We ended up with another singer, and we played for years and whatever. And then that thing fell apart. And then I met Joe, and he said to me, you know, be he got into the band with yesterday's and that didn't last too long. And the, the group, the guys I played with in yesterday didn't really want to go past the seventies. Mm. And I knew with the audience that you need to go beyond that. So, um, Joe approached me and said, listen, uh, you have any objection about again, you know, nine Oh one, two, five drama. I'll, so I'll play anything. So we got together and long story short, we all jammed together and, Terry asked me if he thought it was legit. I said, these guys are legit and let's do it. And so here we are. But as far as material, like I don't, I'm not a pushy person. Like I just go along with the flow. If I don't like something, I'll say something, but these guys come up with great ideas. Um, I don't, they, they happen to choose the songs I want to do anyway. You know, like Awaken, like, you know, as a keyboard player, I mean, that's always been a dream of mine to play that. I mean, that is still a learning curve for me because there's a lot of stuff going on. And just to give you an example, like what I'm talking about, when we did the Philly show, 
uh, Joe, when you were there, we took a break after we finished within you and I. Okay, so we come back, we open up with Close to the Edge. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I mean, to me, that's an easy song at this point, but it's really <laughs> And then we, we go right into Gage of Delirium. Okay. Whoa. And there's no, there's no breathing room in that song. And thank right. God Kyle's on stage, too, because we need all the help we can get. So, you know, and that's Gates of Delirium. The only time I can settle in is at the end of the song soon, you know, kind of chills out. And then just before, just before the end of the night, let's go right from soon into Awaken, and we start playing Awaken. So it's like one epic right after the other. I was mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted after that. And <laughs> yeah. And the playing Starship Trooper, and of course, there's a big keyboard solo at the end of that, too. So there's no... You know, that was like running the marathon, you know, the triathlon, basically, you know. But uh, I don't really have, like, I'm like, yeah, cool idea. You know, when they came up with the Chris Choir stuff, yeah, this is really cool. How you guys come up with this stuff? You know, Joe will ask me out of respect, what do you want to do? And I'm like, you guys come up with the ideas. I'll do whatever you want. If I really don't like something, I'll say it, you know. But I'm, everything's been good. In, in the five-year history of TMR, and you don't have to be explicit if you don't want to, has there ever been a song that you guys just couldn't pull together? We've touched on stuff that we didn't pursue, but um, no, I don't think so. Maybe, I think, I think well, rightfully so, Leave It. We tried mm -hmm. to do we, 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 oh. we, we touched on Leave It, and it was coming together, and then I think we just had other more immediate stuff to focus on. So it's something we're going to look at. And I know there's a couple really cool ones for our next show that we've been working. I, I'm not, I, I would gladly say it, but I have no idea if I'm going to freak somebody out. If I, you know, I know. Dude, I'm, always lets it out of the bag. I can tell you, um, should I say, say, say yeah, it, go for it, man. Yeah, go for it. So I guess our next shows are coming towards the late, spring summer we want to do something from tales and it's not the remembering which we did at Prague stock a couple of years back we kind of like the idea of featuring different members of the band uh for a number of reasons it gives them an opportunity to show off skills and stuff like that um and also the well-needed pee break yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about yes epic long concerts i mean there was times where they all walked off stage so joe and joe have done some things together johnny recently did the uh nylon string steve howe uh yeah. really beautiful did quotes from fly from here he did um mood for a day a little bit of that you know and then segued into onward so we were thinking about maybe doing the meeting terry and i oh wow I may, uh, we'll see how the time constraint goes. I maybe I might do some Wakeman solo stuff. We're thinking about doing a really vocal feature from Fragile. I said, guys, we got to do this song. Can we do this song? Listen to this so, song. Is there any yeah. I'm going to do this song. Try that. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. You know, those are the new things that we're probably going to be jumping into. And I think the biggest one, again, is another epic from Tales. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, we do okay. know that. Cool that, that anyway. Tails is Joey's white whale. So now that you've got uh, Johnny, who's a fourth vocalist, I would love to hear another stab at Leave It. That would be amazing. Yeah, because you don't want me singing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll bet you. I'll bet you John could sing. I don't I know. Got why too many things to do as it is. Love to hear what he got. <laughs> you know, oh. hands full. No pun intended. Hey, no, did I ever uh, tell you guys my yes story? I actually have one. I have one. One. Late on us, Terry. So when I was 
a young, young, much younger vocalist. I had this high school guy reach out to me. He's like, dude, dude, you've got a great high voice. He says, would you, would you front my high school band? We've got a talent show. Have I told you guys the story yet? No. Oh, okay. He's like, just please come down and do this one show. It's at my high school talent show. He was a keyboard player. I'm like, yeah. All right, so it was like uh, a long distance run around and Abba Cab and a few other songs, and we put it together. And I did the show, and and that was it. And um, so I did Yes Fiftieth, and I met a keyboard player named Tom Brislin, and oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> said hello. We we're very cordial. Uh, nice to meet you. They were they were gracious. They had us backstage. They were just wonderful guys. And then about three months later, Tom Facebooks me. He goes, dude. You remember a show, a talent show you did? He goes, that was me. <laughs> Seriously? Keyboard, dude, the keyboardist from Kansas. That's Before great. he was famous, man. He was in high school. And the name of the group, his group was Tachyon, I believe. And uh, he and he's reached out to me and says, that was me. I said, oh, my God. So that's my, that's my one um, claim to fame story it's just it's just funny how all these years later we reconnected like that that is amazing i remember tom at that uh, yes fan fest and he he really resonated with me for whatever reason i i I don't know what it was i've been sort of very interested in him ever since um and then of course he went on to join kansas which is you know it we haven't covered kansas here on the palaver yet but kansas was you know, staple music for my oldest brother. So, um, sure. you know, very, very much in my musical DNA growing up. Yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a friend of Prague Stock. I saw him at, at Prague Stock just hanging out with Tom and Ann and, and, and making the rounds. And he's a Jersey boy. If he's if he's not on the road with Kansas, he'll be he'll be with his peeps. That, that, that's my interpretation. He's a good guy. Tom's a great guy. Very kind, warm down to earth really really cool guy yeah we saw him and kyle and my wife went to see uh kansas in marstown and tom reaches out every once in a while and says hey we're not really doing like an after party because of the COVID thing but hey i'm having a couple of friends at the bar down the street you guys can come down so we went down and you know it's just like a bunch of guys and tom was cool and you know he's always good he always chats it up with my son and as Billy does, and you know, he's, he's really down to earth. And God, talent is unbelievable. You know, be able to play with Yes, you know, during the uh, Symphonic, I guess, tour. And yep. he's got a great resume and well deserved. Nice guy too. No attitude, just all you know. Really and nice. and he also played with the singer of TMR once. That's right. There you go. There you go. That, <laughs> that's sure where that's he learned. At the very bottom, somewhere, it's in there. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Thank you for saying that, Terry. <laughs> That's well, wonderful. Well, we were going to try to get you to commit to some, some favorites. Joe, do we have time for that? To- we we have time. Yeah, if, if you guys uh, are willing to indulge us. So so we here on The Palaver recently spent some time, um, again, doing a, a sort of bonus episode where we considered the, the yes epics. And we defined epics as any song over 15 minutes. And I believe we had 11 of them that qualified. Um, they were close to the edge. The four from Tales, Tales Gates of Delirium, Awaken. Well, we included the Fly From Here suite in there. Yep. 
we actually included that that is yep which i i wasn't too familiar with endless dream we included which i'm not a huge fan of <laughs> i like mind drive um but yeah uh, we filled it up revealing science of god remembering the ancient and ritual so uh, so yeah so, yeah so so we spent we spent an episode considering all 11 of those tracks and we each ranked them and we came out with you know uh, an, an ordered ranking which probably isn't going to surprise too many people but john and terry would you guys be willing to play the game of what is your favorite yes epic that's like trying to choose your favorite it, child which one is it's 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 an embarrassment of riches john we all understand uh, that and 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 part of the one of the the points that i made is how remarkable it is that yes as a band have 11 of these tracks that qualify um most well, joe, joe can we give them three okay yeah we'll give them top three top three well, epics you're you're on a desert island and you're stuck with three <laughs> yes, <laughs> epics we're we're now totally combining different palaver bits into a single thing but go for it <laughs> well I, I love awaken i mean i love that song okay sweet yeah okay that's one of your three I mean, think I'm thinking like if I had to choose songs is challenging enough. Even albums would be challenging. I'd probably get a little bit easier a time choosing like a group of albums in a period of time. But three epics, I would have to say, when no particular order, um, close to the edge, awaken, gates of delirium would be my three um, for lots of reasons, mostly. Awaken and Relayer because, you know, that was my influential years growing up, you know, when I was going through high school and stuff, listening to that. So not only does it have meaning to me musically, but it also has this a kind of a spirituality of me being, you know, it kind of reminds me of being a kid, you know, and when I first heard it, and it still has that same effect on me anytime I hear the song, you know. That's um, awesome. So the, I love that. Three, you know. Yeah. Awaken Gates. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Terry, you got two more slots beyond uh Awaken if you if you care to fill I, I, them. I I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm I'm gonna agree with John on on, on all three of those, but probably just because I'm most familiar with, you know, having learned all three of those. If you widened um if you widened it, you know, if you took Epic out of there and said, What's your, you know, favorite yes songs? Um, you know, I could give you some more input on that. I, are we just we're just doing the very long ones, or or yeah? I mean that that was that was just a, an episode that we did, um, and again, it was inspired by your second set in Philly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As as I, as poor John described that set, putting him through the emotional ringer. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'd have to echo John on that. I um, I'm with him on that. Yeah, it wasn't much of a break because before our break, we did in You and I. And Ian, in You and I is another one of those emotional songs for me. It's not a challenging song to play, but it it's just got a really cool vibe to it. But the uh, Close to the Edge, yeah. Gates, Awaken, Back to Back, Bam, 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 was definitely a, you know, a run on the treadmill. I really enjoy hearing uh, John whenever, you know, anything he does where it's, his voice is is naked, and what I mean, it's it's not layered. It's not you know, uh, full in instrumentation. It's just raw John because it moves me. This I I connect to it better when it's not as as symphonic. Um, mm. 
you know, and there's sections, you know, especially at the end of and you and I, um, it just, it touches me. And certainly, uh, you know, in the intro and outro of Awaken, there was a song I, we used to perform called Holy Lamb, which I learned. And oh, that yeah. Just beautiful, beautiful John, um, you know, in his, in his uh, full vocal glory. That's the stuff I really, really resonate with. We, we've actually been, been listening to We Have Heaven and, and saying, is there a way we can arrange this? And I know that's, that's layered, John, but still, it's, I, I absolutely love that song. I just, I get lost in it. And I go, what was he thinking when he put this together? You know, it just kind of makes you sore. It makes me sore. You know, I, I, love, I love hearing him just, just go, you know. I, there's an energy coming from that of just light and love and, you know, sureness. And, and I love hearing that stuff. Don't trash your voice on Bark at the Moon tomorrow. That's all I can say. <laughs> if, if, Did if you, you wanna... see our set list? That's, that's actually on the set list. Good. I mean, I always look at your motor mouth set list, <laughs> and that's the first thing I look for. That's, that's I'm actually, uh, I, I actually enjoy singing. Uh, I, I mean, I love, I've said it already. I love Robert Plant. I love singing Robert Plant. I think I do a decent job. And, um, Singing all that stuff, the, uh, even Guns N' Roses. I mean, it's just a release. It's a different application of vocal. It's not, you know, when I sing John Anderson, it's more of a natural. I just kind of settle into it because that's where my voice is naturally. And actually, you know, I had to learn to 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 do that. But when I when I set loose, I mean, I've been doing bar gigs for thirty five years, and I just I get the people just you know get such a kick out of it. Um, and I love saying I love I love diversity. I love being being able to to embrace all these different genres. A little highway to hell, maybe, huh? I, I, yeah, you see in our set list. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, I was going to say that uh, there there is a version of Awaken that that's down a whole step. Uh, trivia question: Do you do you know which one it is? I don't. It's got to be in the last fifteen or so years because I know John. He definitely took down uh, going for the one a full step. I don't I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I did hear that. Oh, it's kind of it's kind of a trick question, but it is an incarnation of yes, guys, and it's John Anderson. Does that give it away? Oh, ARW. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you Funny go. You mentioned that because Ken, you play a fretted instrument, so usually when you transpose, you know, you get similar neck positions i'm assuming with guitar and bass but with keyboards trying to transpose some if you go down a half a step you're going from white key to black key right different feeling and i know it seems like cheating but when i was watching i think now that you mentioned i was watching rick and i'm looking at his hands i mean he he's been playing these songs for god knows how many years there's no way he's relearning them in the new key he just hits the transpose switch he's playing probably yeah probably playing it you know, there's no way. I, I'm thinking like, okay, let's do a wake and a half step. I wouldn't be able to play the intro. It would be in like flat keys. It would be a whole, <laughs> it would be a whole different technique to try to play. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's it. Some some of it with a guitar or piano. I mean, a lot of it lies within the hand. And if you take a particular piece of music and pull it out of a key, it your approach to it, it ends up being totally different, and sometimes not with good results. Yeah, and the only way guitarists pull that off generally is to have the instrument tuned down exactly. a half step or a whole step. Yeah. 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 Did did um 
Lee Pomeroy, did, did he tune down or did, I mean, were you able to? Oh, no, I, 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 I didn't even, no, 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 that, that would be a thesis unto itself. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could write to the man and maybe he would reveal his secrets. I'm not a guitar or bass player, but I guess someone like maybe my son or someone could figure out, oh, yeah, Trevor's playing the whole song down a full step or something, but I, I don't know. Well, yeah, tre Trevor starts off with uh, programmed drums and uh, a whammy bar dive bomb. So, you know, Awaken has a, a whole new no, a whole new incarnation it, yeah. under, under Trevor's fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's still beautiful. It's it's yeah. it's it. Yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, check check it out when you get a chance. It it, it it's really moving, but uh, and it and a whole different sphere. It's also the longest uh, version of Awaken that we considered. We probably do an extended middle section with uh, John and the harp and Rick doodling on the you know his thing. Yeah, Boom. actually, it's really this this cinematic stuff that uh, that Trevor stuck in that we think pulls it out a little bit longer. But yeah, it's yeah. it. it it, it really is. It's still, it doesn't really matter what you do to Awaken. It's a fundamentally beautiful song. So yeah. I definitely want to thank John and Terry for your time. Very cool to catch up with you and great to hear sort of, you know, a, a little bit about your perspective from the band. Um, I'm very glad we got to talk about, you know, the, the few shows here in the early part of 2023. So you had sort of teased, um, you know, more TMR shows, maybe being cooked up for late in the spring, early summer. Are we talking, you know, May, June, July timeframe? Any, can you give any more clarity on that? I think we have something in the mid, in mid July, right, Terry? Yeah, we got a, we got a couple weekends in July and uh, we have, uh, I have something up. Uh, I see August and, and August um, as well. Octo October, uh, and um, we're we're just getting started. I mean, like you know, bringing bringing Johnny Burns into the band was huge and logistically huge. And now that we've done it for several shows, I think we're comfortable. Where everyone's comfortable, I think the fans have seen, um, you know, the PMR as we are today, and. Um, is a real good energy. So I think it from here, it's going to get busier. Awesome. You know? And uh, we're, we're all, I know I'm gearing up for, I'm, I know I'm doing a little less of everything else um, because I'm anticipating more time with TMR. And that's where my heart is. That's where my heart is. I really, I enjoy it. We're doing the Boston city winery in, and coupled with the New York city winery on one weekend in July. It might be the, 22nd or something like that and i know we're down in Kedit flash i think in august uh right. the 19th or 18th august, 9th, august 19th right yeah. oh great so we'll be down in the philly area then um I, and the I, think this, I think the city winery might be july uh, is, yeah 14 15 16 somewhere in there yeah 14 15 16 yeah we'll announce it there's uh there's a city winery in nashville you guys should uh They've you know, asked us go, already. Go west. <laughs> <laughs> they've spoken to us about uh, uh, a, a few. There's a few different ones, and you know, we just kind of try to figure out again the logistics of how that would work. But um, we're actually looking. Um, there was uh, talk about uh, flying out to England. There's certainly a, a receptive audience out there. People who want us to come out there, uh, and also uh, out to uh, Los Angeles because Johnny's out there, and yeah, certainly certainly well connected out there so we could have some fun out there and, and meet some people and do some great uh, music 
That would be awesome. Can't wait. We will stay uh, stay tuned and stay on the edge of our seats for all of that. Um, Ken, any closing thoughts from you for our good friends? Man, this is this is awesome. Uh, congratulations on the gigs, and uh, I'm I'm focused on the Flash for now, and maybe something else. Yeah, great work, guys. Yeah, great freaking work. If we're going to be in Philly for the Flash, there's a good chance that we're going to be cooking up another gig in that. You know, down that neck of the woods, I'm assuming. Excellent. Yeah, we, we, we try to book in twos and threes. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's kind of the direction. Great. Very much look forward to it. Yep. Yep. So All thank right. you so much, guys, for having us on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again. And um, it was nice to be able to share my thoughts without being madly interrupted by either my drummer, my bass player, or my guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll provide you a form when you need it next. Just let us know. <laughs> yeah. Great. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Appreciate your time. Um, again, love what you do and look forward to seeing, um, you know, what, what Terry's being spoon fed next. So until then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. That's the truth. Thanks Take care, guys. Have a good All night. Right. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Palaver. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you and look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We are at ProgPaula on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is ProgPaula, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening.